You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, take your Bible, open your Bible, just keep it open for right now. Remember, the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they searched the Scriptures daily to see whether or not the things that the apostles taught them were true. So you get your Bible out tonight, and as we throw these Bible verses up there, you turn to those passages. You read the verse before, you read the verse after, and you check it out to make sure that what the preacher is telling you tonight is the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing upon the service here tonight. Uh, We're looking at some doctrines that uh, they're not uh, something that excite us and We think of the evil spirits, we think of fallen angels, we think of demons and devils. It's not something that we want to concentrate on, but Father, we need to know our enemy. We need to know how he attacks and what the defenses are that you've given us against him. So we pray that you would bless the service tonight as we once again deal with what the Bible says about devils. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to come down there and join you tonight. Let me bring my Bible with me. I think we have an interesting study tonight. Uh, let me see. We've covered a lot, of, a lot of doctrines, haven't we, over the past few years? Starting out with the doctrine of the Scriptures, and, and then uh, just recently we've been looking at the doctrine of Satan the doctrine of angels, and now the doctrine of fallen angels, or devils, as we find in the King James Bible, or more commonly called demons, wicked spirits, the Bible calls them and gives them other names, and we'll look at some of those here tonight. So uh, let's get right into our study this evening by doing our review and catching us up to uh, what we've already talked about. It's against these fallen angels, these demon spirits, that we wrestle. So that means that they are engaged, listen to me church, they are engaged in trying to defeat you spiritually. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. Our battle is not against one another. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is all spiritual warfare that is masked by the fallen angels to get us to think that our battle is against each other. Look at how Satan has divided our country. What we're experiencing right now in America is a divided nation. And the reason we are so divided, religiously, politically, in every aspect, we are divided. It's because we don't recognize that what's going on is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Remember we talked about how Satan seeks to weaken the nations. Spiritual warfare. And so we're up against what the Bible says are these principalities and powers, these fallen angels. And so evil angels are very real. This isn't um, the figment of some man's uh, imagination. They are real. Uh, Sometimes they even manifest themselves physically. But most of the time they are invisible. Matter of fact, the Bible says that whenever the word of God is sown, the Bible likens these evil angels as unto fowls that will come and swoop down and steal away the seed of God out of your heart, lest it bring forth fruit. Believe it or not, there are evil spirits present right here in the church of Jesus Christ tonight. If we could only see into the spirit world, probably scare us to death, so I'm glad we can't. But evil angels are very real. The Bible talks about the devil, the old dragon, the old serpent, and his what? Angels. The fallen angels that followed with him in his rebellion against God. So what have we learned so far? We're going to go through our review very quickly here and get into new material tonight. We've learned that Satan is a fallen angel. He's the original fallen angel. How many of the angels of heaven did he take with him in his fall? One-third of an innumerable number of angels he took with them. Bible calls them devils, demons, uh, fallen angels. Fallen angels have names. We saw the names of several uh, of these fallen angels. They can speak. 
Uh, they are highly intelligent creatures. They are able to formulate a systematic, satanic system of theology. And isn't there all kinds of false teachers and false theologies out there in the world today more than ever before? Uh, fallen angels possess great ability and great strength. We saw that fallen angels are very active in the world in which we live. They oppose God's plan and program. Uh, they have their own plan and program that they're putting forth, and it comes from their king, Satan. Fallen angels can possess individuals. Can fallen angels possess a believer? No, we spent some time looking at that. That's absolutely impossible. Uh, they can highly influence us, but they cannot possess us as they can an unbeliever. Uh, fallen angels uh, dissimulate false doctrine, and they have many uh, ways of doing that. And we spent some time talking about that and, and how they go about that. We see that they can affect human beings in, in many different ways. They can cause insanity. They can cause a person to have suicidal tendencies. They've come to steal, kill, and to destroy. We saw that they can cause blindness and they can cause deafness. They can cause a person to be mute. Uh, they can cause uh, immorality. Uh, they can cause addiction. We looked at drug addiction last week. Uh, they can cause mental and physical illness. Uh, they can cause people to self-mutilate or to cut themselves. So there's a lot of things that uh, we've already been talking about when it comes to... It's not good, is it? <laughs> it's not good. They're evil. They're wicked spirits. So tonight, what we want to do is look at the organization and the ranking uh, that the Bible talks about among these fallen angels. Now, if you remember, when we were studying the good angels, we saw that among the angels, there are ranks. They have positions of authority. They're very much like the military. Okay? Matter of fact, the Bible talks about armies of angels. And so the Bible identifies ruling angels. Uh, among the good angels, the Bible lists ten ranks of those angels. How many remember when we were looking at the different ranks? We kind of looked at it in a military term. Uh, the Bible doesn't exactly put them in, the, in this order, from most powerful to the weakest, but I'm just kind of guessing where they may fall. Uh, first of all, we have the archangels, we have the princes, we have the cherubims, we have the seraphims, we have the thrones, the authorities, the principalities, the dominions, the powers, and the might. So these are the ten distinctions that the Lord gives among the good angels. Now, all of these distinctions are not seen among the fallen angels or the evil angels, but some of them are. So we're going to look at some of the ranks that are identified tonight among these fallen angels. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Remember, a principality is a prince, someone in authority, a prince over a pality with power. Say that with me. Prince over pality with power. We know what a municipality is. It's an area over which someone has jurisdiction. So a prince, a rank, a prince over palities with power. Against, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. That also refers to their rank. Now notice it says here, against the, say with me, I got it highlighted, rulers of the darkness of this world. Rulers of darkness. So these evil, fallen, dynamic devils have positions of authority or rank in Satan's army. Now, as we said, Satan is or was the first fallen angel. And he bears some ranks. So let's look at how the Bible identifies the various ranks of um, Satan. But when the Pharisees heard it, what did they hear of? Jesus casting out devils. Okay, But when the Pharisees heard it, they rejoiced and were so happy. They didn't rejoice, and they weren't happy over anything Jesus did, because they were so jealous. They were bent out of shape. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by, say it with me, Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And you can see the rest of the passage there. If we were going to go on in chapter 12, they were actually attributing the work of Christ to who? Satan himself, the prince the prince, the ranking 
prince over all the other devils. So who has the number one position of rank among the fallen angels? Okay, it's obvious Satan does. And as they were attributing the work of Christ to Satan, that's when Jesus talked about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How he was doing his work. He was doing his ministry under the power of the Holy Spirit, and they were rejecting that witness. They were rejecting Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. This sin will not be forgiven in this life, nor will it be forgiven in the life which is to come. It's what we know as the unpardonable what? What is the unpardonable sin? Rejecting Christ. And that's what they were doing. You reject Christ, there's no hope for you in this life, nor in the life which is to come. I want to tell you something, though. Any other sin... He'll forgive. Isn't that wonderful? No matter how wicked we may be, but the only sin that cannot be forgiven is rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So here we find that Satan is called uh, uh, Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And then it says this. You may remember we spent some time in Revelation chapter 9 where we looked at the angel of the bottomless pit. We're going to come back to that Again this evening for some more insight. But here it says, and they, all those demon spirits that were in the bottomless pit. Do you remember? How many remember that? And he releases them during the tribulation period. Remember what they looked like? Remember the kind of tales that they had? Remember what they did to humanity? They stung them, that's right. And how long did their sting last? Five months. The pain of that sting lasts. But he was, he was the king. And they had a king. Not only is he the prince of devils, he is the king over the devils. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue is Apollyon. Both of those words mean destroyer. Another name for, for Satan. He's also called, say it with me, the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. He is operating in this sphere. He is prince. Prince over demons, king over demons. Prince of the power. Is Satan powerful? Are his fallen angels powerful? Even Michael the archangel, because Satan had a higher rank than he did, said to him, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't even have the authority to rebuke Satan himself. You know, these people that are going around and in their own authority rebuking Satan, come on now. If Satan's going to be rebuked, he's going to be rebuked in the name which is above every name. Amen. And we'll get to that tonight. <clears throat> he's also called the what? God of this world. Prince in the power of the air. One who operates here in this sphere, the God of this world. He's also called the Prince of this world. Isn't it interesting? All those various ranking positions that Satan, the fallen angel, has. He's also called, or falls in line here with the rulers of darkness, or he is the ruler of darkness. Uh, this picture that I have up here, we're going to come back to again tonight because it's very insightful. Uh, does anyone know what this picture represents? Okay, all right, the temptation of Christ. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 4, uh, where he has presented uh, all the kingdoms of the world by Satan, if he would just bow down and, and worship him. Uh, how could Satan offer him all the kingdoms of the world? Don't the kingdoms of this world belong to Christ? Will. In the book of Revelation, we find him taking the title deed of the earth back. Now, man forfeited it in the fall. Satan took it. But, in, but during the tribulation period, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to take that, that back, that title deed of the earth. He's going to take it back. And the Bible said the kingdoms of this world at that time are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. But right now, <clears throat> Satan is Beelzebub. He's the prince of devils. He's the god 
of this world. He owns these kingdoms and he operates within the kingdoms. He is the angel of the bottomless pit. He is the king. He is the ruler of darkness. He is the prince of this world. He is the prince and the power of the air. So as we're looking at the various, are you still with me? As we're looking at the various ranks of these fallen angels, Satan's at the what? He's at the top. All right, now, how do, the, how do these fallen angels fall underneath him? <clears throat> Let's look at uh, what it says here in Ephesians 6.12. talks about principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. How many of you remember reading through the Old Testament about the high places? I'd encourage you, and we're not going to get into that tonight, but to do a study about the high places and how false gods were worshipped at the high places and images were at the high places and how, if God was going to work in the nation of Israel, what had to be torn down? The high places. And it wasn't until kings tore down the high places that revival took place in the land of Israel. I want to tell you something. We have a lot of high places today that Satan has gained control of. Right? We talked about government. We talked about education. We talked about the courts. I mean, even our churches. You stop and think about all the high places that Satan has taken over in this generation. I'm so thankful Jesus is coming, aren't you? And he's going to make things right. He's going to take it all back. <clears throat> so we've got the principalities, we've got the powers, we've got the rulers of the darkness of this world, we've got the spiritual wickedness then in the high places. So what we're going to get into right now, and you can check it out as we go through, you've got your Bibles open there, that the passages of Scripture that we're going to consider here talk about Satan's kingdom of fallen angels. And how they are very well organized in his army. Does he have an army that is assaulting us today? He does. And, and church family, we, we really need to see this. We really need to wrap our mind around this. And we need to go after him. We shouldn't be afraid of him. We should go after him with the mighty weapons of the warfare that God has entrusted to us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through who? Through God, say it with me, to the pulling down of strongholds. Those high places became strongholds. And until those high places and those strongholds are torn down, God is not free to work. Can we have high places in our own lives? Things that we look to, th literally, idols that we worship in our lives that God does not want us to have there. They're high places. Listen, education has become a high place for many. Ben mentioned something to me the other day. We were headed to the pastor's fellowship and we were going past a school, a new school that's just been built right by our house. $44 million dollars that I'm paying for. $44 million. And Ben said, you know, he said, every time I go by this school, I get angry. I said, me too. Not because of the $44 million, although that does upset me. Give me $44 million, I'll tell you what, I'll build a good Christian school. But the indoctrination that is happening to our young people in that high place, in that stronghold, it, it just breaks your heart of what's happening to the young people of our country. This is all taking place because Satan is highly organized. Highly organized. And he has an army working for him. I, I like that song when I was in a church. The first time I heard the song, I was in a church in the Philippines. It was uh, North Manila. I'd never been in this church before. And these uh, Filipino guys got up to sing. And I'll tell you, there's one thing about Filipinos. Either they are amazing singers, or they can't carry a tune in a bucket. I mean, seriously. Am I telling you the truth? 
I mean, either they can sing or they can't sing. There's no middle ground among the Filipinos. And so these guys were up there singing, and the song they were singing is, I've read the, I've read the back of the book and we win. And I mean, I, I love that song. Praise the Lord. You, re, you read the whole Bible and you get to the end of the book and we win. We win. We're on the winning side. But Satan has well organized his army and it does appear like they're winning a lot of the conflicts that we're having today, doesn't it? But read the end of the book. Let's go back to this uh, bottomless pit. We, we've been in here a few times now. But there in uh, Revelation chapter 9 and verse 10, the bottomless pit uh, is controlled by a fallen angel. Now, the Bible talks about in verse 1 of, of uh, Revelation chapter 9 as being that star that Jesus saw fall from heaven. Who was that star that he saw fall from heaven? Satan was. Okay? So we know here, but here he's called Abaddon, and he's called Apollyon. He's called the angel of the bottomless pit. And remember that out of the, out, he's got that key right there. It's hard for you to see, but he's got that key right there in his hand to the bottomless pit when he lets out all these demon creatures. And this is exactly uh, what these demon creatures look like as described in the book of the Revelation. I don't think that's figurative. I think it's literal. I take the Bible literally. I heard someone say, those are helicopters. Helicopters do not come out of the bottomless pit. All right? So these demon creatures come out of the bottomless pit. And this, there's so many of them, the sky turns black. And it's with their tails that they stink men during this time. Well, Satan is the angel of that bottomless pit. And then it says, and they had a king over them. He doesn't share his kingship with anyone. Which was the angel of the bottomless pit. I thought I'd throw this up because this is the end of the book. And what happens to this angel of the bottomless pit? That key to the bottomless pit is taken away from him. And what happens? What happens, church? He's taken. The angel, the original angel of the bottomless pit, Satan himself. Apollyon, Abaddon. The king of the bottomless pit, he himself is taken and cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. While Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth. Can you imagine living, living on the earth under the reign of Christ and Satan isn't here? Give me a hallelujah. We could only imagine what it's going to be like without his evil influence. Let's go back to this uh, demoniac. Tell me something about this man. He was very, very strong. So we saw that demons have extraordinary strength and can give that strength to individuals. What else about him? He was crazy. He was a lunatic. We saw how demons can cause people to uh, lose their mind. Become mentally unstable. Something else about him. Come on. Okay, cut himself. Self-mutilation. A lot of things that we see here under this demon influence of this man. He was naked. What else do we know about him? Lived, okay, he lived among the dead. Lived in the tombs, huh? He didn't know who Jesus was. The demons know who he is. We have a couple of occasions when the demons there in the Gospels confess Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus told them to be quiet. Shut up. He didn't want any evil, wicked spirit testifying of who he was. But anyway, there's a wicked uh, uh, angel named Legion. Jesus said, who are you? He said, my name is what? Legion. We are many. Legion meaning 6,000. So here we have a demon, Legion, who is in charge. He has a rank, right? He's in charge of 6,000 other demons that he invited to come in and possess this man. No wonder he had lost his mind. But don't you love this story? I mean, I never get tired of the story. Comes to Christ, gets gloriously saved 
clothes on, sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind, doesn't want to leave Jesus because he's been miraculously transformed, made a new creature in Christ. The end of the story is it results in, in him influencing his whole town for Christ. Amazing what God can do with a changed life. But we find some rank there. We touched on these angels. Remember when we talked about Genesis chapter 6 and how the sons of God, referring to fallen angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they cohabitated with them? How do remember, remember that? And the Nephilim came, that men of renown, these giants. I actually was in the store yesterday. I hardly ever go to a store. But um, with my wife being gone, I have to go get groceries once in a while. So I was in the store, and there were these two ladies that were talking about, did you ever, it was Sam's, that's where it was. They were talking about, did you ever hear about these giants? They said, they have, science has, has discovered these huge giants that exist, and they've unearthed these huge giants. And I kind of wanted to step in and say, I'm Pastor White from Fellowship Baptist Church. You have your Bible, let's go to Genesis chapter 6. I'd like to tell you where all these uh, Nephilim came from. I did, seriously, I, I had to refrain myself and just walk out. But at least four of those angels, as we compare Scripture with Scripture, at least four of those angels, because they were so wicked and did such a detestable thing, and that human, demon, perverted race was generated from that cohabitation, were taken and chained until the day of judgment. And four of them, I don't know, Bob just mentions these four, Four of them were chained under the river Euphrates. And during the tribulation period, these, their chains fall off. They are allowed to come out of their prison. And these four angels come out. These angels are given by Satan tremendous rank. I mean, let, let, me, let me say something. We have... Let's see, from Adam to Noah was, was what? About how many years? About 2,000 years. Okay? From Noah to, um, Noah to Abraham. Noah to Abraham. About 2,000 years. Abraham to Christ. About what? About 2,000 years. From Christ to the present. Interesting. When the evolutionist talks about the world being millions of years old, don't believe it. But I think it's very significant that it goes in, you know, 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000, and we're at the 2000 point. I don't, how did I get on that? Anyway, these angels are loosed. When these, oh yeah, they've been in there a long time. Thank you, Sam. That is a long time. Man, they got to be ticked off. Imagine being chained for the duration of those years. And when they're, a lot, when they're let out, Satan awards them and gives them tremendous rank. And uh, this is what they do. And the number of the army of the horsemen that these four angels then lead uh, were 200,000 thousands, and I heard the number of them. Put that together, that's two million. So now, they are, now these four who were released are given charge over two million other demon spirits. They organize them into an army, and they go forth and they kill they kill, during the tribulation period, they kill one-third of the world's population. I want to tell you something. These are some mean spirits. I'm so thankful God has saved us from the wrath which is to come. Those who believe that the church is going to go through the tribulation period, I don't get it. I don't get it biblically, theologically, dispensationally. I, I don't get it. 
I have one pastor friend that changed his position from being pre-trib, as I am, to believing the church will go through a portion of the tribulation period. I just said to him, I said, you know what, brother, I'm not going to argue with you, but if you want to go through it, go ahead. I'm out of here. <sighs> Glad I don't have to face off and worry about that attack. There's also <clears throat> some more ranks of these demons recorded in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through verse 14. There are three, had four here, now there's three angels that organize all the events that lead up to the Battle of Armageddon. Read what it says here. And I, I saw three unclean spirits like what? Frogs. Now, he doesn't say that these fallen angels are frogs. He said they're like frogs. Can I tell you something? Frogs are disgusting. They're slimy. They're nasty. I mean, you talk about the swamp. Frogs are the swamp. The unclean spirits, like frogs, came out of the mouth of the dragon. Who was the dragon in Revelation chapter 12? Satan. Okay? They came out of the mouth of the dragon or Satan. They came out of the mouth of what? The beast. Who is the beast of the Revelation? Antichrist. That beast with seven heads and ten horns that comes out of the sea of nations. Revelation 13. So they come out of the mouth of the dragon, they come out of the mouth of the beast, they come out of the mouth of the false prophet. Who is the false prophet? He is the one who is the leader of the apostate church, the whore of Revelation chapter 17. He is also called a beast in Revelation chapter 13 that comes out of the earth. He has two horns like a lamb. Looks so innocent as a spiritual leader who has brought together the various religious denominations and beliefs. Horns like a lamb, but he speaks like a, speaks like a dragon. So these three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. They come out of the mouth of the, hello, beast. They come out of the mouth of the, the false prophet, that second beast. For they are spirits, read this with me. They are spirits of devils working miracles. Read this with me, come on church. Which goeth forth the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. You read later on, it's referring to the battle of Armageddon. <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> like, what is that woman doing? <laughs> yeah. But she likened this uh, tax bill that looks like it's going to go through as Armageddon. Nancy. Giving tax relief to businesses and, you know, Americans. That's not Armageddon. Isn't that, isn't that funny when you're, you know, you're listening to this, you'll hear biblical terminology thrown out here or thrown out there. Don't even have a clue what they're talking about. For they are spirits of devils working miracles. Wow. You know, there's some um, denominations, religious groups, that are always looking for a sign, always looking for a miracle. They don't, they don't base their experience on the Word of God. They base it upon some amazing thing that's just happened. You know, you know what Jesus said? Listen to me. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We walk by faith. We don't walk by, I need this sign or that sign. So anyway, these, these evil spirits, <clears throat> these spirits and devils, they go out and they gather the nations of the world. 
to the battle of Armageddon, where they will face off against the King of kings and Lord of lords. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. There are evil angels who rule over nations of this world. I've always believed that we have no business being in the United Nations at all. I was going to say something, but I'm holding my tongue. One reason, it's five to eight. Satan has kingdoms. Remember, here's the offer. Now, I'm going to read the offer from the book of Luke in chapter 4. We have it in Matthew chapter 4, and that's usually the passage we go to. But Luke gives us a little bit more insight into this temptation of Christ. And the devil taketh him up to a high mountain to show him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. It's a miracle. In a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power, power over what? The kingdoms of the world, the nations of the world. All this power. I will give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give. If thou therefore will worship me and, sh and shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Question, was this a legitimate offer? Yes. yes. Did he own the kingdoms of the world? Does he own the kingdoms of the world? Does he glorify himself through the kingdoms of the world? He was offering Jesus Christ kingship over the world by avoiding the cross. I'm thankful Jesus declined the offer. Because if Jesus would have accepted it, you and I would not be saved today. Jesus had to go through the cross. Because one day, he's returning. And he's taking it all back. I love the book of Revelation. I was thinking the other day, I'd like to just teach through Revelation again. It's been a while. I won't, but... I'd like to. Now, I want to conclude by talking to you about the believer's authority that we have in Christ. Notice I said in Christ. Do we have authority over these devils? Yes. Do we need to be afraid of them? Remember, Satan operates with fear. Bar the roaring lion. Really? <clears throat> I don't know if you remember ever teaching you this before, but the lions that roar are the lions that are old, have lost most of their teeth, if not all of their teeth, that couldn't run down the prey if they wanted to. And so they hang back in the tall grasses, and then the young lions are on the other side, and the old lions roar, and the prey runs right into the mouth of the young lions. When Satan roars, we should not run away from him. We should put on the whole armor of God and stand up against him. When Jesus sent his disciples out, let's see what he says. And he said to them, go into all the world. Who does the world belong to? The God of this world, with all of his army. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Satan's going to oppose that. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Some people have pulled that verse out to teach that uh, you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Is that what that verse says? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not doesn't throw baptism into there. He that believeth not shall be damned. 
And these signs shall follow them that believe. Remember, the Jews sought after a sign. In my name they shall, say with me, cast out devils. So Jesus, the first thing he did was give his disciples authority over devils. They shall speak with new tongues. The word tongues means languages. It doesn't mean some ecstatic, babbly, nonsensical speech. It's a language that they didn't know. The tongues that's being practiced today is just gibberish. Basically, it's five verbal tones just repeated over and over and over and over again. I could tell you some stories about my experience with tongue talkers. So says they shall uh, speak with new tongues or in new languages that they don't know. They shall take up serpents. I always said to these tongue talkers, listen, if you want it, take it all. Pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall what? Not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they might, if they have enough faith, they might maybe recover. It says they shall recover. So those who are claiming all of these sign gifts today, you better take them all. I mean, there, there can't be one sick person that you lay your hands on that doesn't find healing. And how about drinking some deadly poison? Want to try that out? You want to find out if someone's a fake? They may be rattling off in some tongue and they may be claiming that they have the powers to heal. Give them a snake to play with. Offer them some deadly poison. I guarantee you they won't play with the snake. Unless they're from the back hills of West Virginia where my relatives all came from. <clears throat> if they want to drink some deadly poison. Now, let's keep, let's keep on going here. Verse 19. And so after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up, the ascension, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. This is from the same passage. And then in verse 20, And they, who's the they? The disciples. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Now this is very important. And the Lord working with them, even though he's in heaven, he's now working with them through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. What's the word? The gospel. The scriptures that we have today that weren't in written form at that time. You know, how do you know that I'm telling you the truth? How do, how do you know? Get out your Bible. Check it out. How did they know that the disciples are speaking the truth. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a New Testament that they could check out their message. God gave them these special gifts. To confirm, to confirm, right here, to confirm the word with signs following. Listen, we don't need these signs today because we have a completed canon of Scripture. All right. Let me just throw some verses up here for you. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against, say it, unclean spirits to cast them out. God has given to his church authority over these unclean spirits, these fallen angels. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over what? Unclean spirits. Now, how many remember last week, what did unclean spirits refer to? Spirits that produce immorality. Boy, we got a bunch of them running around our country. Right? Got a bunch of them running around. Unclean spirits. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and, say it, authority. As one of Christ's disciples, we have authority over how many devils? All devils. Now remember, some do not come out but by prayer and fasting. Because some are super powerful. But he has given us power over all devils. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of who? The enemy. Who's our enemy? And they cast out how many devils? Many devils. Now here, here we go. As you're reading the Gospels, 
are the disciples and the Lord Jesus coming into constant contact with fallen angels. Okay, next question I have for you. Have they disappeared off the scene? Do you not think they're still up to their old shenanigans? The Apostle John said these words. I've written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you young men because ye have what? Overcome the wicked one. Listen. Oh, to have an army, not just of old men who've learned how to walk with God and know God, but to have an army of young men who have overcome, who have overcome Satan in their lives. They have resisted his temptation. They have said no to his deceptions. And they have overcome him through the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they walk in victory. Young men, we need you. We need you. This next generation needs you desperately. I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because ye are what? Strong. Were they strong this way? Well, young men usually are stronger than old men. Right, Dale? We understand that. Right? So you know what, when you get to be our age, you just go, oh, let the young bucks do it. Let them do it. Um, I remember here a couple years ago, we had a bunch of firewood that we needed to move. Some of you teenage boys may remember that. And I mean, these, these logs were huge. And uh, so I put a test out there before those young men to see who was the strongest and who could lift the biggest. We got that pile of logs moved as those boys tried to show off how strong they were, and how big a logs they could lift. <laughs> now, if their parents would have told them, hey, we want you to go out and move that. Uh, I said, you got to be, I can't move that. That's too heavy. <laughs> when it came to showing up, see, when I learned something raising seven boys. <laughs> I've written to you young men because you're strong. What were they strong in? The Word of God. They'd learned they came to church on Wednesday night. They sat through the doctrinal series. They learned their Bible. They memorized and meditated upon Scripture. And they weren't afraid to face off against the fallen angels. We'll overcome the wicked one. Why don't we just read these together and we'll be over with for the night. Ready? Let's read it. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbid him because he followed not with us. What did Jesus say? Let him do it. Let him do it. He's not, he's not against us. He's for us. Let him do it. Let's go to the next one. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shalt keep them from the evil, the evil one, which is Satan himself. Here we go. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, when take Paul and were lame and were healed. Next one. So that from his body were brought unto him the handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me, the me being Jesus. Submit yourselves therefore to God, the devil, and he will flee from you. Neither give place to the devil. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan shortly under your... Excuse me. Shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I know I put this up before. I'm going to do it again. Because I'm really moved when I think of how the Lord Jesus sent out the 70... 
And they came back and they were so excited. They were so full of joy. Because as they were preaching the gospel, the, the, the devils were opposing them, right? The devils were opposing them. But through Jesus' name, they were able to have victory and to cast these devils out. So, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you be excited to see the power of God so manifested? Even the, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan, that fallen star, like lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. <laughs> what are they all excited about? They can cast devils out. They can tread on scorpions. They can heal the sick. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits, these fallen angels, are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You know what? If you're here tonight and your name is not written in the book of life, you're missing the most important thing in life. Right, church? Make sure you're saved. If you're listening to us tonight by live stream, and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, why don't you just invite Him in to your heart tonight? Why don't you believe that He is the Son of God? That He came to this sin-cursed earth for one, one purpose, to seek and to save that which is lost. And He's seeking you tonight. Would you trust Him? Would you accept Him? He died on the cross, He rose from the dead, and He'd come into your heart tonight if you ask Him to. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklay.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.